I mean, like, what are some of your favorite things to watch? Uh, I watch WWE mostly, um, just because it's easiest to be accessed mm-hmm. with the network. That's a, I hear a lot. That's a lot what I hear, regardless of, like, there's a big shout for, like, it's all E-Dub now. It's, it doesn't matter, because right now, WWE is, you can, you can download it, you can stream it, you can, it's, you know, if you've got just even basic cable, it's on USA. Yeah. Um, but I... I I still watch it. I haven't. I don't have a problem with it until I feel like they're talking down to me and that the storylines just keep rewriting themselves. And all of a sudden, someone I was kind of invested in and getting ready to get invested in, all Definitely. of a sudden just disappears. Like like that shit with Daniel Bryan. All of a sudden, he's just gone for a while. Like, what the fuck is up with that? He's one of the best ones. Yeah. And then you're pushing some people that I, I feel have absolutely no business uh, in the business. That that's the biggest thing with WWE, for, in my opinion, is. Their creative team has been the same creative team since, like, the 90s. So all of the storylines have been redone and brought back with just different superstars. <clears throat> and to make it more PG era, so it's not as raunchy as the Attitude Era and stuff like that. Um, and like you said, since it's all over the USA Network and with NXT coming to the USA Network and everything, um, that's the biggest one to watch but i have the fight network on my phone so i watch roh and i watch mlw um on there a lot just because of the fact that uh, even rocky mountain pros on fight network i didn't know oh yeah they did move it to fight network you're yeah. right so yeah. i mean i even watched the um rocky mountain pro i watch rocky mountain pro and i really like it a lot but i watch it on uh twitch on my playstation See, Twitch never loads for me, so... Uh, it, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, the thing about right now... I want to, I want to let's, let's focus still on WB right now. Um, you, you said that there's a lot of things that they reuse. There's a few things I really like that they do reuse. One, that the Spanish table, the Spanish announcer table gets destroyed. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite things ever. Like, one of my favorite memes I ever saw was like, Girl, I'm going to wreck you like the Spanish announcer table team. <laughs> and and uh, also the fact that if... If someone's sitting ringside, they're going to interfere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's guaranteed given that if you have a manager or somebody out at ringside, it's going to be involvement. No, not just manager. I'm just talking like, like oh, uh, the Miz or, or yeah. just chilling, like, you know, talking to, to, to JBL or, or to uh, Morinell. I'd say Morinell because he's my, one of my favorites. Same. I met, him at, uh, I met him at WrestleMania back in New Orleans, actually. We were going to the bathroom. And he was, like, walking away from a concession stand. And I said, you're more one out. He's like, yes, I am. And I was like, I am a huge fucking fan. I am so fucking proud about what you've done with yourself, uh, putting all that out there. Like, it is an honor to meet you. Yes. It's an honor to meet you, sir. What's your name? And shook my hand. Like, can I please get a photo? Absolutely, we can get a photo. Oh, yeah, he's and, such a good guy. Yeah, yeah it, it, it made me really happy. And uh, sorry, I'm getting completely off topic here. Uh, I, I, I really want to focus on your prowess in regards to wrestling knowledge that, 
makes you applicable, relevant, and someone that we should pay attention to as a ref. Okay. Now, uh, what are your when, when it comes to that? It's not just you can't just be a ref if you just happen to really like wrestling. Uh, what drew you to it? Um, what drew me to wrestling? No, 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 as a ref. Oh, um, honestly, being able to be right there in the action. Um, I was a performer in Virginia. Um, I wrestled for a couple of years in Virginia um, in Southside Pro Wrestling and Vanguard Championship. And I kind of let my ego get to me, and I ended up getting hurt, and I stepped away for a while. And What I, happened? Um, I picked up a guy that was a little bit bigger for, for me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't as trained as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. And my knee buckled, and I dropped him on his head. And oh, no. his knee hit me in the head and concussed me really bad. How was he? Um, he's good. He was fine. Um, it was kind of a muscle spasm. I, would, I wouldn't say necessarily a stinger, mm-hmm. but he was definitely in a little bit of pain, neck stiffness, but no, no broken bones, no deadly injuries. Um, Did you get a lot of heat for that? Not really. Um, they, those promotions in Virginia were a little lackluster back then. Um, how, do you, how do you compare them with the Virginia Territory to Colorado Territory? <laughs> Colorado is definitely on fire. Com- Absolutely. Uh, compared to the East Coast scene um, from where I'm from. There's two promotions in Virginia, and they hold shows once every couple of months. What brought you here? Just uh, life? or uh, like I've, I've met a few people that came here specifically for wrestling. I came here honestly for the marijuana industry. Oh, really? Um, originally, um, but with laws changing, I moved from the mountains and moved down to Denver. <clears throat> and last year is actually when I got introduced to the local scene here in Colorado. How'd you find it? Um, I met Joe McDougal, um, the owner of Primos, okay. um, at a Lucha Libre and Laugh show at the Ratio Bar and Grill. Um, I was just there to drop something off to him. So he could use it for a future show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was with me and my buddy Caleb. And he told us to come to the next Primo show, which was on September 1st, which just so happened to be unfiltered. And that was my very first show um, as ring crew, anything. And from that moment on, I've been balls to the wall with Primos. Um, so I, you started as a uh, hired hand. You're helping set up the, the ring. Uh, wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say hired hand. Mm. Um, more volunteer work. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely... I was doing ring crew for about nine months before I got put in stripes. What? How did you make that jump? Um, so you know the Sports Castle downtown, the old Sports Authority building? I do. Um, so they were having a taco festival there. And Lucha Libre and Laughs with Nick Gossert ended up having a show and Joe rents his ring to Nick. So we had to set it up at the third floor of that building. Shit. So it was me, Chewy Martinez, um, Madman from the Badlands, Animal Sam, um, Joe, Caleb, and Shade. We were all lugging a ring up three flights up this building. How long did it take? Uh, I get three and a half hours um, to get it up, but luckily they had it down before we did. And when we did the teardown, um, Joe asked me if me and Caleb if we had stripes and I was like no but I can get them it's real cheap yeah and the answer is yes yes I do (laughs) yeah from there on out it's pretty much my history starting to write itself when it came to being a ref did you fall naturally into it did you knew the rules already pretty well or is it something you really had to study uh I kind of knew all the rules uh I've been a lifelong fan Mm -hmm. of wrestling um 
And the most important person that I watch, honestly, in the ring is the referee because you want to know everything that's going on. And the referee is the person that knows what's going on when something wrong is happening. Um, so over the years, I've watched, God, you had greats like... Yeah, um, who are your favorites? <laughs> Charles Robinson, uh, Mike Chioda. Lil Nate. Um, that's the whole reason for the hair. Uh, that's why I got my long hair is because he's the only ref that I know with long hair. Right on. Um, then you have the AEW ref, Rick Knox. Um, he's actually a correspondent that I talk to on Facebook and get tips and pointers from from time to time. They've got Hebner now, and uh, the woman they have, she has been Aubrey? doing... Aubrey? Yes, Aubrey's been doing indie stuff for years. Uh, she is amazing. And every time I see her post anything, like, it's just nothing but love. Like, everyone is so fucking proud of her. And, like, when we first started seeing her, we were like, oh, lady ref. Like, no, 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 It's not even, like, a Me Too thing. Like, no, she's, she's a fucking ref. Yeah. <laughs> she's a fucking ref. Don't say lady ref. She's a fucking ref. And then she... I... I was so fuck like it made me happy to be such a onboard AEW fan from the beginning when they had her do the championship match. Yes, I I don't think there was any other ref in AEW that should have ref that match other than Rick Knox, mm-hmm. just because of the fact that he does have history with pretty much everybody in AEW. Um, but he is the young buck ref, mm-hmm. so um, he chose that match over the main event. And Earl Hebner, honestly, I'm not a big fan of him. Um, Screwjob boys, or just don't like him? I just don't like him as a person. Um, not a big fan of any of the Hebners. Brother, I was about to say brother too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm even his sons. Really? Um, I didn't yeah. know his sons are involved. Um, his sons were in WWE real young Hebners. Um, I think Brian Hebner is the young one. What were they doing, um, like in, in ring stuff? Or he they- was SmackDown, mostly, mm-hmm. um, in ring ref. And then he jumped to TNA. Um, when his dad did, and it was him and his father refing TNA pretty much all the time. Um, but they're just not great guys and I, they think they know more than they do, I guess, in my opinion. Just cause they grew up with it. Like, yeah, I could see that sort of hubris, like, like just seeping out just from the beginning, especially if you've been there from the beginning, but you don't see shit like that from people like, uh, like Cody. Like that guy, I loved how eager he was to learn, oh, and yes. and then like that that old saying, you know, climb back, climb down to climb out. Uh, when he left WWE, like I, I had all the faith in the world with him when he left. Same, and I was so happy he joined the Bullet Club. He didn't even need to join the Bullet Club because uh, that was a shock for me. Um, I thought he was going to go in and start his own little thing. Did, um, did you see his match in WXW, Solid Carrot, uh, Solid Carrot Gold? Or, no, I was, always screwed that name of it. The WXW does Solid Carrot Gold or Carrot... It's... My, my buddy Sven from, uh, from uh, Germany turned me on to WXW because he was training with one of the Ring Conf uh, tr- uh, training groups, and Walter was actually training him for a while. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he actually... We met him at WrestleMania... And we just hit it off right away. Like we started, like we we had a full blown match in the in the hotel room, and he was showing me like how to do everything. And man, he, like he threw me across the fucking room. And then I remember when he threw me down so hard, I thought it was gonna like it was like it was gonna hurt. Like just split second before I was gonna hit impact, all of a sudden just a pull up, and then and then it, he it, like I saw him, I saw his muscles clenching, like holding me down for the three, but it it was not that. Yeah, it was. I'm like, oh, like it was a whole new insight into it. And it was then, a whole show. 
Yeah, but I mean, yeah. he, he gave me some fucking chops. That's for fucking sure. Because <laughs> he had to. I'm like, okay, so show me this Walter guy. He brings up. So I guess I got to take some chops. <laughs> if you're gonna mention chops, Walter is the first person that my mind runs from. Yeah, uh, he's a scary man. I've seen him literally knock the soul out of people. Walter kills. Um. Uh, but sorry, I lost train of train no, of thought. No, um, you're fine, man. Walter kills. Uh, that he does and. Cody, I've met Cody before, and he's a great person. How was um, he? How was he? Did, did he? Uh, did he come off like genuine or just business? It was. It was WWE days. Um, actually, I was right after the WWF, um, and I. It was in Virginia. They were all at the movie theater getting ready to, I think, go see a movie, and a whole bunch of wrestlers were outside. And the only ones that I really recognized from like quick glimpse was Jeff Hardy, Cody Rhodes, and Mickey James. Nice. And I don't think Cody has even, like, made his debut at the time. This is when Trevor Murdoch and Garrison Cade were still. That was a shit long time ago. Yeah, back when big old Murdoch with his red freaking chops. Um, And they were just all hanging outside, and he was the only one that really talked to me other than Randy Orton. Um, And he asked me for... Really? Orton would have been the... Asked me for a cigarette. Asked me for a cigarette, and that was it. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, uh, he's exactly what he is on TV. Let's talk more about you right now. Let's start out with your uh, your first match. Oh, um, let's start out from the beginning. Like you, you put your stripes on. What's what's going through your head? Very first match um, was a lucha match, um, fatal four way lucha match at Colorado United Two um, in January, and that would have to be thanks to Big Guns. Um, I've never refed before, <laughs> and to ref a lucha match of all matches, um, it's complete chaos. Um, you don't even know where to stand, do you? <laughs> it, they, you just got to remember to stay in the corner and not be in the corner that they're going to be using most of the time. Um, I made a mistake of forgetting that there's no rules in a lucha match. Pretty much. Um, there's no count in the corner. There's if There is a count outside, but it's a 20 count, not a 10 count. Okay. Um, but I messed up while I was in the corner. Well, I think it was Delta was doing the punches, the 10 punch to somebody, and I started the five count. And I got to four, and he literally looked at me and told me to stop counting. Yeah. And All I, right. I, like, froze, but that was the only thing I really messed up. Was he taking care of you, or was he... Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Delta's a real good a real good guy. Um, really humble, and he's really good in the ring, communication-wise and everything. What was going on in your mind when you were getting sued up in the locker room? Am I really doing this? <laughs> um, am, am I going to mess up? Am, Am I going to be able to keep up with these guys? Um, cause, and am I going to be loud enough? That's the biggest thing for a ref. Were all these guys like pretty cool with you at the beginning of who you were? And- uh, kind of. Um, there was one ref there that didn't really have any faith at the time. Um, referee Brett Chapman. Um, I mean, he's a really good guy. He's really nice. But at first, since he's never seen me ref before... Um, he just saw two new guys, me and Caleb, put in stripes and coming and trying to get a match. Of course he'd be worried. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But I told him that Big Guns backed me, and I'm the, that's the whole reason why I'm suited up right now. And I was given that match. And That's the name. Yeah. Big Guns. <laughs> that's the name. Uh, Joe's the reason why I put, got the stripes. Big Guns is the reason why I had my first match. It, it would have came eventually with Primos, but CSW definitely helped. Put me over. I saw him wrestle. I loved watching Big Guns wrestle. Man, was he so good in the in ring! And like, 
couldn't believe we were getting that good of a quality of a match at, a, at an indie show like that. Yeah. Which show was it? It was the actually the show where I met you. I've got a photo of you. Actually, you're sitting and chilling by the ringside, and you're looking at me like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> Probably wondering <laughs> who's taking a picture of me because I don't. I'm not in many photos until I'm in the ring. Yeah. So, um, but Big Guns is my favorite person to ref, definitely. Um, besides Sam, um, Animal Sam, the Madman from the Badlands. He's crazy, but he's such a good worker. Um, I interviewed him uh, last week. Yeah, I was actually listening to that podcast while I was at work. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, We're actually, actually, I don't know, honestly, I don't know who the fuck I was talking to at that time, but at the end... You screwed up asking for Madman at the end of it. Did I? You screwed up. Um, I know Sam personally outside of the wrestling world, Mm -hmm. and um, the Sam that you were talking to is the facade. That is his gimmick. You know, man, Um, I, I, uh, where it came down to... I got a little pissed off, and when he told me that I wasn't really talking to uh, to the real person, I'm like, what the fuck are you wasting my time right now? And then when he came out a bit, I was like, okay, this is going to be a little intense. Luckily, it's going to be in a, a public place. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be in a public place, but that, that cackle at the end was pretty fucking genuine. And now we're going to get the real deal on, on Friday. And uh, you're going to be there, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm the senior official for CSW. Yeah. So if I'm not there, then um, Dan's got to stripe up. And yeah. I'm not going to make him do that again. Right on. So um, that's – I don't know if I'm, I'm going to be there the whole night. I'm not sure of the – because there's other shows going on um, for other promotions. Um, Primo's is having neon lights bar fights that night. And, uh, and the New Era's the next day. Yeah. And, well, you also have the Iron Hills um, Strong Style 8. Right. Uh, the Chewy Martinez yeah, tournament. That's, that's, that's coming up, yeah, for um, sure. On Saturday. And then you have the 10th Annual Slaves to the Death Match on the 15th. Yeah, there's um, a lot of good stuff happening. Um, so. this, this whole weekend is jam-packed with wrestling independently. Um, yeah, I'll be at CSW and New Era for that one. But uh, let's get let's get back to you. Sorry, we're, sorry, we're, we keep getting off topic. No, no, we're talking about Colorado, so that's all that fucking matters, actually. Uh, which is one of the reasons I'm here is a. Uh, I was told that you're an amazing ref. I've seen you ref. Um, also, that for the people that don't understand what Minefield is about is exploration, and we're trying to get to the nitty gritty. But most people don't understand, like the to the layman. A wrestling fan that the ref is an integral part of of the of the ballet that it's not just uh, it's not just the the two guys in the ring or three or however many or even just listening to having the commentators there too as well the referee is the most important part of the evening um, don't get me wrong the athletes and the competitors are definitely right but, but expand on that um, I'm the person that calls for the bell before and after the match I'm the one who makes the call during the end of uh, the pinfall or the submission. Um, if it wasn't for me, it would be pretty much a UFC bout until somebody gets knocked out and, or something happens. Um, plus, there's nobody in the wrestling industry that holds more titles than, than the ref. <laughs> That's so a good way we, to put it. We are, we are the most important person because without us, production wouldn't happen. What are some matches you can think of off the top of your head that uh, would really accentuate that? That, that if someone that was curious or wanted to be a ref or was wanted to learn more of the art form and the the science of wrestling, anything that sticks out of your head with the other than the screw job. Um, honestly, you have to 
look at matches that have a lot going on. Um, elimination matches such as like the um, the Survivor Series match, the five on five. Correct. There's so much going on, and the referee has to pay attention so much, and so do the fans. The fans have to pay attention almost just as much as the referee does. Because it's not just going out there to get distracted for some drama to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, God. One one that, think. <laughs> one that sticks out in my mind, and I've talked about it on a, on a previous podcast, was a couple months ago when Brian Cage went up for the uh, Impact Championship and Lance Storm was refing. See, I didn't watch that, but I heard a lot about that. That Okay, so if you look carefully... When Brian gets that, they, they botch that move off the off the walkway, and you see you see that um, Morrison is protecting him. You see him like go up to him. You see more. You see more talking, and then you see Lance get into it. In my opinion, and I hope you can rewatch this later if you get a chance, and, and give me your ref opinion that that never would have happened with any other ref other than. Uh, Lance Storm doing it because Lance Storm had the trust that when Johnny, you saw Johnny talking to him, that like that look, and he's like, you like that look, like you better know what you're doing, boy. Like, yeah. You better know and protect this guy. And you see him when he's holding him, he's holding him on the ropes, and he, he's Johnny's talking to his elbow. You see, you know, most people wouldn't notice he's doing that, but you see Brian like, yeah, like nodding, nodding to something, and to let him get his, to let him finish the fucking match, to protect him to finish the match so he can get the belt. Because he put that much work into it, he understood that the Lance, and, and then also being a wrestler and trusting them when they say we can do it. Because otherwise, I, I feel if any of the ref had been refing that, that he would have thrown the X up, and then that would have been it, and Brian would have been on the on the on the rails for a couple months, like he has been, and they still let him keep the belt. See, you mentioned stuff like the, um, referees catching stuff like that. Um, the incident with Hooventu. Oh shit! Where Silver King passed. That was pretty bad. Um, the ref, in my opinion, it's negligence of everybody all around. Um, I think the only person that I wouldn't really hold solely responsible is Hoovy. Um, because in the lucha culture, you he's Silver King was literally a god, and he was wrestling him, and yeah, he may not have been. Were they in Mexico for that? I believe so. Um, How did he get out of the fucking building? Uh, he, I think, was one of the people that stayed with Silver and escorted him back on the stretcher. Um, but what I was getting at is with the referee when he didn't, when Silver King tried to get up, and he obviously couldn't, and he face planted, and Hoovy tried to turn him over. And for our listeners that are, are don't really know what's going on right here, we're talking about just for even a layman, we're talking about he was in Nacho Libre. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he was. Um, I always keep thinking. Of the, I always mix the names up. Uh, Ramses. I've only seen Nacho he was, once. He so. was Ramses. Um, <laughs> but he was also real big in WCW. Yeah, he was back in the day. Yeah, um, without the mask. Um, but so when that happened, I think the referee could have done more. And because of, I, I would say, lack of training or lack of knowledge. What would you have done? Um, I, I guess it, what they call is an Iggy. Okay. Um, where when the wrestler's down, we stick our fingers in their hands mm-hmm. and we wait for a squeeze. Mm-hmm. If you squeeze, you're good. Mm-hmm. If, if no squeeze, we keep our fingers there and we start to get verbal with you. Yeah. And if there's no verbal communication, we will throw out the X. Mm-hmm. Um, I've 
you can ask Sam. I'm, I'm one of the referees that have, is bringing that back, at least here in Colorado. Um, I, I check on people a lot. Um, I do time cues so these guys know what they're doing and how they're doing. Um, I communicate with them. I'm a big communication piece. Was it difficult to learn uh, speaking without your lips moving? Not really. Um, it's more of trying to keep – because I can keep my lips moving because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times people are, think that I'm telling these guys to break off or but you're- it, or like I'll make signals like open up the hand or like I'll slap my hand or something. But I'm actually telling them, hey, you got, you're in five minutes in. Um, nice. I, nice. When I'm doing that or I'm That's like get up, know. you know, doing the hair pull, I'll, I'll reach for the hair and be like, hey, bring it home. And half the time, a lot of these guys don't need the time cues because they've been doing it for so long. Right. But as a new ref, I'm trying to get the time cues down so I can learn these. Yeah, because most people don't understand if that, if that match goes on too long, uh, you, you've got a big problem. You've got, you're taking time from the other guys. Uh, you, the place might be closing. There could be oh, yeah. uh, pay-per-view runoff time. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a big fucking deal that most people don't understand. Uh, keep, keep this going. What else do you got that, like, those certain things? Because, like, I, I've learned this throughout my life, and and when, when it comes to that sort of thing, I, I, I want to know more about that sort of thing. Like, help me understand the art while talking about yourself. Um, I, honestly, it's, it's really hard to talk about refing and describe it. Um, I was actually trying to train a friend of my own. Well, Somebody who's no longer really a friend of mine. Um, I was trying to get him into being a ref because he was a huge fan. Right. Um, and just trying to explain to him what you need to know to be a referee is really hard. It's one of these moments where you have to kind of be thrown to the sharks um, and let these guys tell you what you screwed up. Um, but if you're a fan, you know your positioning. Um, like, say um, a regular lateral cover. Uh, say it's a cross body to a, a pinfall. Um, I want to be laying with my head facing the guy on top so I can make communication and make Absolutely. eye contact with both guys. Now, if that guy is covering the guy on his back and he's belly to back, I want to be on the other side so I can still make eye contact. Positioning's a big thing. Um, Obviously, there's no handbook for this. No. Um, there kind of is. Um there's Facebook forums um, that equal out to handbooks, like Zebra Talk. Yeah, you were talking about that. Um, Zebra Talk is a real big one, and that has referees from all over the globe, even WWE. Um, really? Like, they, yeah. they, they let them go on there? Oh, yeah. Um, they don't really talk very much, but they do react it from time to time, and they do share videos and stuff. Um, but you have referees like Aubrey from AEW and Rick Knox, who are very communicative. Um, I reached out to Rick. I think it was um, right before Bar Fights 4 for CSW. When yeah. the, or no, the Colorado cash-in, actually, because I was prepared to do a ladder match. I wasn't aware that it was going to be switched to a pole match. So I was trying to get information from a referee who has refed dozens of ladder matches, mm-hmm. and this being my first one. Not knowing that he was going to reply, just you know, sending the message out was like, oh, he'll probably reply to me like weeks after the match. Yeah, he replied to me twenty minutes after I sent the message. Beautiful. And asked me to send footage to him so he can get my, so he can give me pointers. Like, I don't know. Those are the handbooks. So this is a really open community that a lot of people don't know about. Like you guys communicate well. 
uh, is this the type of thing where like you really have to mind your p's and q's like when you're talking to like any wrestler, or is everyone pretty open? Everyone in the industry is pretty open. Um, the zebra community is definitely open, just because we know so much. Um, we do have to be careful on what we talk about, um, just because sometimes the referees get more insight than most. In terms of like what's about to happen in the match, or it, whether it be a quote unquote storyline, or I, I guess what the word is, um, what's the word nowadays? Um, kayfabe, I think, is the word. Well, is storyline? Yeah, um, coming back. I, you did a lot of talking about that with Animal Sam. Um, <laughs> sorry, the dogs are barking and it's distracting even, me a little bit. Dude, don't even worry about it. Like, uh, <laughs> a lot of people get a little like uh, self-conscious about that. No, I, I don't care. Like we're, we're in real life. That's one of my favorite things about... Hell, I interviewed Achilles at, at a fucking IHOP. <laughs> at, at a fucking IHOP. Is he going by Achilles still? I thought it was uh, no. Javier Cruz. Or... Yeah, it's Javier Cruz now, but even then... Uh, let me rephrase that. I interviewed a guy named Achilles at an IHOP. <laughs> okay. At an IHOP, and... Like, no one had a problem. My partner uh, that I do minefields with was, like, at first he was a little, like, I don't know, man, about this IHOP thing. And then when when we started, like, actually rolling and he listened uh, completely to it, he's like, it made the it made the, it made the interview even better because I can picture where you are. And because I can picture where you are, I can place myself there and understand it better and probably even enjoy it a little bit better. Like, the way, like... I mean, like, you you watch Pulp Fiction. The, the beginning starts out in a, in a diner. Uh, why not some fancy Manhattan thing, like, or something even prettier? Big Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, it's, it's it's something that you everyone could understand and place themselves in right away. And I'm getting way too far on this, but yeah, don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> really, yeah, I, I lost my train of thought yeah, of what I was saying. Yeah, yeah um, don't, don't worry about it. I, I, I just certainly appreciate you inviting me to your home. That's very nice of you. Um, but... The, the like I was saying about the open forums, the if you're a referee and you want to learn, just reach out, reach out to other refs, reach out to the wrestlers. Um, even though the wrestlers don't ref, they're the guys that you're going to be working with, and these guys are going to give you the pointers on what you need to know. Who are some um, of your Who are some of your favorite uh, wrestlers to work with? Uh, Justin Big Guns Andrews. He's definitely one of my favorites. Um, he, to me, he is Mr. Colorado Wrestling and will forever be Mr. Colorado Wrestling. Um, even though Jason from New Era took that title from him in a match. Um, I'll I don't, be talking to him this week, actually. I don't, I don't consider him Mr. Colorado Wrestling. Um, he hasn't held every belt for every promotion in the state of Colorado. Gotcha. It's um, not, we're not talking he here. We're talking you just... It, you just, it, just overall wrestling. He's your course. guy. He's yeah. your guy. Yeah, um, that's fine. Well, if you want to say... He's my guy. Uh, Animal Sam's my guy. That's my like my brother. Um, I love the man inside and, and outside the ring. Um, not a lot of people give him credit for his working ability. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first met Sam, it was at Unfiltered. And I remember uh, my lady and I were sitting in the crowd. And um, we were chanting, Jobber. Because <laughs> he came out and just his whole gimmick. Um, or just... The way he looked, it was just like, he's definitely here to make the other guy look good. And I appreciate those kind of guys. You have to. Um, I myself, if I was to become a wrestler, I wouldn't want to be a champion. I'm not one of those guys that wants to be a world champion. I just want to get a paycheck. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Doing something that I love. Um, Like, I do this indie stuff for any, if anything, sometimes little to no money. And it's because I, I enjoy this. 
industry. And um, but it's, like I was saying, Sam's one of my favorites. Sam and um, I hit it off pretty well. I'm very happy to see him. God, um, I'd say zero cool um, from the law. Um, I think he's also with another tag team in Rocky Mountain, but he's slowly becoming one of my favorites um, because he's underrated and overlooked. What's so good about him that that you feel everyone should understand about him that you see? His personality, um, inside and outside the ring. He he might be not the right build, as you'd say, or like um, a little round. Uh, I'm, I'm not joking him. He is, he is a bigger guy. Hey, I love um, Kevin Steen. Uh, dude, Kevin Steen's one of my favorite big boys. Um, I took one look at him, and that's the pony I put my, mo- my money on. Yeah. One, um, one look at him. Didn't matter. And it's just when you see a big guy who can still move mm-hmm. and still be somewhat athletic um, with no athletic background, mm-hmm. impresses me. Coming from a guy myself used to be 300 pounds, um, a 44-inch waist at my biggest um, when I was wrestling, I couldn't do leapfrogs and I couldn't do, I couldn't jump more than two feet off the ground. And then you see guys like zero cool and they're hitting leapfrogs. And I'm not saying he's 300 pounds, but loud um, and clear, like he's moving faster shit, than you um, thought he would. Captain Stevens. Okay. He's a big boy. Yeah, um, we're going to see that happen on Friday. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that just because I'm, I'm the referee. So yeah. I'm, I got to stay. Very biased, even though I said Animal Sam is my man. Yeah. Uh, he's my buddy. But in the ring, I don't let that affect. So um, let's make that clear. Yeah. I'm very unbiased when I'm in the ring. Well, you have to be. Um, but I'm still a fan. You can see me mark out. You have to be. <laughs> you can see me mark out yeah. from time to time, um, especially when I'm doing those uh, near misses, you know, when my hand's literally like a quarter of an inch from the ground. And... Somebody pops their shoulder up, and I'm like, "Okay." I, I, I almost hit the ground, and all all I can do is roll over. Mm. I I've marked out a couple of times. I actually have some pictures from CM Rice of me marking out. She's um, the best. And she's definitely improved over the year that I've known her. Yeah. Um, fresh is she's passionate. Yes, very God passionate. Damn, about is her she work. passionate? Very passionate about her work. Yeah. I think she's one of the most important people in the in the scene, actually, because of like her passion and the fact that she's always there. She's consistent. Uh, she's got great action shots, yep. and she understands the business enough to know that you know there's only so much to go around. And but man, does she she shines everyone up. She she's also willing to go above and beyond. Like um, there was a Lucha Libre and Laugh show that happened. Um, I think it was the Equal Fight show where it was intergender matches all night and the photographer couldn't show up. So, um, I am the provider made a post Mm. saying that they need a, uh, backup photographer. She showed up. Just like that. It was, I mean, everybody tagged her in the post. Yeah. Like you had, you had like 50 people tagging CM race photography in the post and please, she, she thumbed up it. And next thing you know, she's posting a picture of herself at the, uh, at the venue. Nice. Um, it's funny. I, we were talking about my first match. My first match with Primos, I was actually laid out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just remembered because I looked at my phone and I see the video. Um, it was Brumac and Koo, uh, Young Sung Koo in a tag match. And Brumac attacked Koo afterwards and I yelled at him and I should not have gotten in the way. 
Um, shoot? Um, not really a shoot. Um, it was more of a welcome to the business kid. <laughs> um, okay, so, okay, trial by fire, but still, it's welcome and... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I told him in the back, if he wants to, feel free. Yeah. Um, even though the promoter didn't want any, any of the referees to get touched. Yeah. Um, I'm always down for a good ref, ref bump. <laughs> Let's hold that thought and take a break. Um, I'm down. Now, tell me more about Primos, because I've, I've talked to a lot of guys from New Era, Iron Hills, uh, CSW. Uh, I haven't got anyone really from Primos other than you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tell me more about it. Why should people pay attention to it? They're a different kind of breed. Um, so back when they first were established, I believe it was in 2007, it was Primo's Hardcore and Wrestling. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty much all deathmatch style wrestling. Um, the extreme stuff, kind of like ECW. Yeah. Um, but to form to the masses, they had to switch the name to Primo's Wrestling, uh, Primo's Pro Wrestling, and drop the Hardcore they have the hardcore matches from time to time, but if you watch them, they still do a little bit of the ECW rules, okay. where some, most of the matches have very lax counts. Like, I'm one of the refs there. We we count slower. Um, Obviously. In, in the corners and stuff, we give them more time outside. Um, the normal 10 count lasts a little bit longer than it normally should, um, just because of the fact that it's ECW-based rules, kind of, um, but still very professional. Um, a lot of people don't like hardcore matches. It it is. I I posted a question on the uh, Zebra Talk forum the other day about death matches, asking what their opinions were, mm. and eighty percent of the referees on there do not appreciate that kind of work. I I want to say they don't appreciate it. They don't like it. They appreciate it because in that kind of art form and what these guys are doing to themselves, but it doesn't take a lot of athletic ability. To have a death match or a lot of wrestling training, um, so it comes with a stigma behind it that if you do a lot of death matches, oh, well, you're doing this, you need all these props because you can't perform without them. Okay. Um, in a in a sense, at but least that's how I used to look at it. How does that make the ref uncomfortable though? <sighs> Is it because it's difficult to 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 wrangle these guys in because they're supposed to go crazy? Yeah, uh, it's hard to be safe. And to make sure these guys are constantly safe because these matches aren't safe at all. 100% not safe. That David Arquette match I saw a couple months ago. Gage? Yeah. Oh, God, where he literally backed the, out of the match? Yeah, and put that the fucking the tube in his mouth, the fluorescent light. Like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, that was... Um, Arquette didn't know what he was getting himself into. He said so, too. Um, he literally regrets everything. Um, he said that... When he made the booking, he wanted to do it because it was something that everybody said it was something good for him to do. Yeah. And then he got in the match, and he took a couple of those bumps with the thumbtacks and the the light tubes, and he was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And Gage is not the kind of guy that you can just be like, okay, yeah, I'm done. Pin me. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, We're in this for eight minutes. Yeah. You you still got six to go, buddy. It is not time to bring it home. (laughs) It is not time to bring it home. um, You'll actually see Arquette here in Denver. Really? Um, because of Lucha Libre and Laughs. Um, Nick Gossard is a really good promoter, and he likes to bring in some names. Um, Colt Cabana is going to be coming. Um, he would have been here a couple months back when he was the NWA, I think it was, um, national champion. The the belt with the... The secondary one. Yeah, the one that has the, the 
the whole U.S. on it. Yep. I think that's the national championship belt for NWA. Um, when he was the champion at the time, but he hurt his elbow. So he had to pull out of a lot of his dates. And then when he was cleared, he ended up losing the belt to Storm. And now Cabana's real booked, so it's going to be a while before he comes. But, um, our, yeah. The, Should there even be a ref in a, in a death match? Yes and no. Um, outside of the ring. I think it should be kind of like a ladder match. The ref is only there to count the spot or to raise the winner's hand. Um, and in this case, like at Slave, it's a lot of pinfalls, pinfall finishes. Um, the referees don't need to be in the match because why do we need to worry about getting hit with a light tube? Right. Um, There's no rules. <laughs> so, <laughs> so last I have year, a guy there to tell you the rules. Yeah, last year, Steven Nugent, referee Nuge, um, took a thumbtack-covered chunkla to the shoulder. Shit. Um, and That's that was, awesome. And that was because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you had a fan like me in the audience telling the guy to hit the ref. Hmm. Um, and then you got Mexicans like me that is just petrified that there's a even more hardcore chunkla there to do some fucking damage. And it was Damien <laughs> 666, of, of all people, uh, old school WCW legend, hmm. um, who's made his name in hardcore matches, especially as of late with him getting older. Um, but I, I think they have their place... But constant death matches for constant death matches, I, I think, is not something that should happen. It, I, I semi agree. Um, it all depends. It all depends on the people, honestly. If it's, if it's your gimmick, that's yeah. fine. Uh, but if you have to, what I meant to say was, if you have to lean on that all the time, um, then we go back to what you said earlier uh, about whether or not lack they of should athletic ability. Yeah, lack of athletic ability um, that you have to have the. The like, props. A lot of the Primos guys are really good. Um, they also work with a lot of the other promotions. Um, New Era, CSW, Iron Hills, mm-hmm. they all kind of interlink. The only one that they don't interlink with is Rocky Mountain Pro. Um, and that's just because that's like the big... I mean, they're their own entity. Yeah, that's that's like the, the big dog in yeah. independent wrestling. But uh, Primos is actually starting doing... Um, Neon Lights Bar Fights. It's actually, I wouldn't necessarily say Primos because Slave to the Deathmatch is starting to become its own organization. I can't wait to see that. Organization. Uh, I'm, have, a, I'm a hardcore match guy. Don't get me wrong. Have you ever been to it? I have not been to one yet. So last year was my first Slave mm-hmm. um, where Slack uh, won it with a flaming elbow drop off of the balcony of the watering bowl. Nice. Um, I got to see Neo Diamond Cutter take a Canadian Destroyer off of the, tur- off of the balcony from I think it was Murdoch, John Wayne Murdoch, um, and that was through a table and a stop sign. Like uh, over, I'd say a hundred light tubes were used and broken. Um, thumbtacks galore. There's a match where you sir can bring, make a weapon and bring it. Um, I actually have a barbed wire wrapped crutch inside the house. Nice. Um, that I used last year as a fan made weapon and it survived. So I'm taking it back for round two this year. I was pretty happy with that uh, tack-covered skateboard and uh, all out. <laughs> uh, that impressed me, um, but Darby Allen was a pro skater, mm-hmm. so it didn't surprise me when he pulled out a skateboard. Couldn't believe um, it never been done before. <laughs> same, um, yeah. especially with guys like Moxley and stuff like yeah. that um, in the industry. Um, but let's, let's it, talk more about refing. Let's talk, we're, we've talked about death matches. We've talked about um, some of the inside bits of being a ref. 
Is there any uh, matches that you've seen that you feel you could have uh, ref better? That, like, my matches that I could ref better or matches that other refs have done? Well, let's do both. Um, let's do both. There's a couple of matches of mine that I think that I could have done better um, just because there have been times where I haven't had the opportunity to get with the talent beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I haven't gotten to see the certain aspects or know certain things about the match that I should know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time and I'm out of place. Um, and that looks really bad on them. Right. Uh, if the referee is out of place, it makes them look bad. Um, but there's a humbleness to it and I appreciate this. There is. Um, I'm trying to think of matches of other refs. Um, is that anything you've ever asked yourself before? No. Um, not. I mean, there's times where I'm watching WWE and I'm like, well, that referee's out of position. I could have done a lot better than that. Um, do you feel that the WWE refs right now are getting lost in the shuffle and because of the the impending war? Yes. And, uh, uh, not even just lost in the shuffle. I think it's because the war is starting mm-hmm. um, and it's at the base stage. WWE doesn't know what to do. They're kind of in that not panic mode, but panic mode. Now that Aubrey has refed a main event title match and made history with that with a different promotion, mm-hmm. WWE literally the night after posted on their pages that they're looking for more female refs. Of course. So that startled WWE enough to be like, well, shit, we need to get more women in here so we can, because what, I think they got two? What a bunch of bullshit. What like, a bunch of bullshit. They uh, see someone succeeding, not as a not as a, a woman, but as a fucking ref, someone legit, and like, oh, she's she's a girl, so we got to get a girl. That's bullshit. See, seeing referees succeed is really hard. Um, because of the person that's supposed to, you're not supposed to know they're there. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I roughed a show Tuesday at Ratio for Lucha Libre, mm-hmm. and it was actually Logan Austin versus Lonnie Valdez. Mm-hmm. And Lonnie Valdez is a Colorado legend, um, from what I've been told. I don't know too much about him. Mm-hmm. I'm new to Colorado. But he said the best compliment he could give me was he didn't even know I was there. Perfect. That so, makes perfect sense. Um, and... As a ref, that's what you want to know. It's because you're not in the way, but you're there. Uh, you're still doing your job. Xander Creed gave me the same compliment. Um, so, um, as you said, Dan's giving me props about refs, refing. Um, God, I'm rambling on. <laughs> no, that's uh, fine, man. Uh, where do you want to go? What do you want to do with this? You're Honestly, passionate about it. It's obviously, you've got something in your head. So, as a kid, I always wanted to work for the E. Mm-hmm. As a you know, growing up, every kid always. Well, actually, technically, I wanted to work for WCW. Um, you were a WCW guy. I was through and through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sting and Goldberg were my guys. Um, I was actually at the WCW event in Norfolk, Virginia, when. WWE's DX invaded. You were there. I was in the crowd at WCW when at the DX, invasion when DX popped up on the Titantron. Wow. And I was like, "What is this? What's going on?" And some dude next to me explained to me what Raw was, what WWE was, or yeah. WWF at the time yeah. was. And from there on out, I was flipping channels on Monday. Mm-hmm. And then the war started, and WCW and Ted Turner kind of fell off, and. 
why I became an E guy. So I was like, well, I want to join the E. Mm-hmm. But now with all these other companies, you have MLW, you have the companies in the UK and everywhere popping up. You have ROH, which is my hometown. It's in Virginia. It's okay. based out of Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why they stay mostly towards that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mostly towards the East Coast region. Yeah, because um, there's uh, Ring Honors. I, I can't think of any time they've ever been here. I, I think the closest they've been is Kentucky, mm. and that's not very close. Um, I would love to be. A, I would love to even ref a show for them. Would um, you? Would you rather if if they gave you the spot, like if the E called and said, "Hey, let's do this," would you do that? If you at the same time had the choice to go to MLW and Ring of Honor at the same time, if you had those, you had the Indies calling and you had the E calling, where would you go? Would you go to the Indies? To- I'd probably stay with the Indies. Um, just because the fact that I'm, I don't want to go to that big of a platform mm-hmm. and risk screwing up and never get that call back. That's a good point because if you screwed up, you have no friends there yet. Exactly. Um, at least in the indies, if I screw up, um, I'm still looked as an indie kid and mistakes happen in the indies. And you can build your um, name. Exactly. Build your brand. Uh, so if if, ML, if WWE called me and I hung up the phone and then ROH or MLW called, um, I'm taking those offers over WWE any day. Yeah. Um, but the long term, would I would love to work for the E mm-hmm. just to have a paycheck, even if it was for one day, even if it was for a house show. And they called and said, hey, we one of our guys got hurt and we've heard your name here in the scene. Let's use you. I'd, that one day would make me happy. I I could break my leg and never be able to rough another match. I'd have a check from the WWE. A dream had been lived. I would. Uh, my, my one of my end games is to. Uh, I don't want to be a writer. I want to be a producer. I want you to. I want to help the boys shine up what they're doing and help them with their bullet points. Move that over here. Accentuate that. Or that doesn't have make any sense in terms of like what's going on with the story. Let's think of something else. That's what I want to do. Um, if I did get the call from the E. I would make sure that in my in my uh, contract that if and when I got fired, <laughs> the old man had to do it. Oh, Vince? <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, yeah. Uh, I, but, I wouldn't want anybody else to fire me other than Vince. Uh, or, or maybe Hunter. Maybe. Uh, Hunter would be nice and about it. it true. <laughs> true. Hunter I want the... I want the you're fired. <laughs> I trademark Vince McMahon so he doesn't. Uh, yes, yes, wanna. yes. Trademark Vince McMahon. Where I am not making any money off this podcast whatsoever. <laughs> so he doesn't want to get, uh, get you in trouble for that one. Um, but that's end game. I don't know. AEW would be awesome to work with. Um, I would love to work alongside of Aubrey mm-hmm. and Rick Knox. But then again, since AEW is still considered an indie, <laughs> um, even though they are going to network, um, they will be considered an indie until they can prove themselves to a lot of other people. I'd want um, them to keep the indie status, bringing same. indie dudes in. Same. Yeah. Um, and not making them um, exclusive. Hmm. Like, yeah, you have the certain guys that are exclusive, like the Bucks and Kenny Omega and uh, Cody Rhodes, that can't do outside bookings. But then you have people like Joey Janela and... Um, they can still do pro wrestling gorilla and they, yeah, they can do anything. Yeah. They could, they could come to Denver if they wanted to, um, and wrestle here. Um, like Moxley, mm-hmm. uh, he's been one of my favorites since CZW, like way back in the day. Those CZW um, videos, like I had no idea. We, the hacksaw, the hacksaw thing. I, 
Yeah. That video, that was one of the videos that I showed my lady um, to show who Moxley was when he first showed up in the E. I wish because. that I had you around because I didn't know I didn't I I didn't check it out until uh, word on the street was he wasn't renewing his contract and then we we actually did a whole podcast on that after yes. after watching all of the old Moxley videos of course he wants to leave that's what we've been getting cheated out of and I'm just talking about I'm not talking about the hardcore stuff hey, the charisma behind him oh yeah hey, he's he's overall a great personality mm-hmm. he's locker room morale goes up when that man is in the room. Mm-hmm. I, he's just an overall good guy. Um, I like his story. Like, dude, dude, legit from the streets, made yeah. made good. Uh, it wasn't just that part of the story, but when he was getting interviewed a couple weeks ago, uh, talking about my house is paid off, my truck is paid off. I bought my mom a house. Holy fucking shit! I would love to be a fucking homeowner. I would love to like, like, good for you, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Moxley is definitely a guy that if I if I had to say a match that if I could choose to ref. It'd be a Moxley match. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you approach him? <laughs> like, let's I, say this is happening right now. How would you approach him? It, that's hard because I always mess up those things um, because I still have a tendency to be that big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that a, is that big fan thing though? Like a, a something that is true of all the refs? Sometimes um, a lot of the refs. Uh, not I want to say a lot of the refs. I've met a couple of refs that actually. Aren't aren't fans of anything. Holy crap. It sounds like a dog pound just came over here. Um, I've, I've actually met a couple of refs that don't like wrestling at all. Really? Um, they just do refereeing because they're licensed referees for other sports. Gotcha. And this sport called them and said, hey, uh, here's some research. Here's what you got to know. Yeah. It's not. Too, it's really not hard to be a wrestling referee. But back back to Mox. If, if you were... I, I would... I'd approach him as the fan first and let him know how much I appreciate his work and how much I've watched him. Um, I used to be a hardcore wrestler, mm. and it was mainly because of people like Foley and him and um, people that put their body on the lines. But Taz. Uh, you could never tell by looking at him because they were smart about it. Mm-hmm. Like Mick, don't get me wrong, after the Hell in the Cell, you could tell. But before that, you couldn't tell that this man liked to go wrapped up in barbed wire on the weekends. And Most people don't know how tall he is. It, exactly. Um, he's not very tall. Um, he's, I think, maybe 5'11". I thought he was like 6'4". Uh, now he's, he hunches. I, so I've been to a couple of his comedy shows, and he, I'm 6'1", mm-hmm. and he's, maybe he slouches the whole time. Yeah. But I'm eye level with him. Um, but talk about one of the most humble men in the business. Mm. Mick. Definitely. I love the story that he was telling on, uh, well, that ICP was telling on uh, Y2J, Chris Jericho, My Heroes uh, podcast, uh, that they were backstage at the E, and he approaches him and says, uh, I think you owe me some money. <laughs> yeah, that would that would scare the living dog shit out of me. <laughs> uh, they just handed him a few rolls. Hey, you mentioned ICP real quick. What's your? I want to ask you a question. Okay. Um, what's your opinion on them going into the Hall of Fame for the WWE and the Celebrity Wing? Uh, absolutely needs to happen. You think? Oh, I know so. That that's, I, that they've been too. They, it, they've been too involved with this industry too, for way too long. Way too involved, and the fact that they, I can look them in the eyes or hear them from one sentence of them talking about wrestling, and know that these guys know what they're talking about. Granted, I know their history uh, up to a point that I'm not the biggest ICP fan. In fact, I'm not at all. But I know a lot about them. That these guys are legit wrestling fans. Had their own oh, ring. Yeah. They and, still do. Yeah, they still do. Um, 
they just held the gathering of the, I think it was the 20th, 20th year of the gathering mm-hmm. of the Juggalos or whatever. Um, I don't mean whatever as a disrespect or anything because I used to be a Juggalo, but um, their biggest show was the wrestling show there. And it, when I see, when I think of WWF, I think of teams like the Oddities mm-hmm. with Kurgan and uh, Goga uh, carrying the Cartman doll to the ring wearing that brown leather mask with Luna as their manager. Um, That's awesome. Coming out to um, an ICP song. Um, I love what they did with Vampiro. It, Vampiro and WCW, that was actually where I was introduced to ICP, um, even the music-wise. Um, Do you watch that video of him? The one that he just posted? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the whole reason why he's not going to be here in September. Mm. But um, he's a great guy. I wish him all the best with everything he's dealing with. I've got one of his Mexican uh, wrestling action figures. It's beautiful. I'm kind of jealous. It, it, it doesn't move at all. Really? <laughs> it doesn't move at all. Remember the it's L- like one of the old 80s remember the L- plastic ones? Yeah, remember the LJN ones would move, had a little bit of flexibility yeah. to it. No, this one is just a, it's, it's oh, just wow. a straight up hard plastic one that you'd get at a flea market that you could probably still get at a flea market of like the, just buying some generic uh, wrestling figures for a couple bucks where I'm staying right now is actually a big wrestling household mm-hmm. so like I could actually pull out probably an old toy just like that nice um, but no um, refing um, right so we were talking about the E yeah um, we've talked about, yeah, you would rather go to the Indies. Um, Definitely. Uh, from what I understand, you're open for booking. Yes. Well, in a way. Um, there's a lot of shows this month, but I'm always interested in taking other shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado Springs Wrestling, CSW, is doing a show on the 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, Neon Lights Bar Fights for Primos is the same night at 10 o'clock um, at 5280 in Denver. Um but then Saturday night, Iron Hills is having their first ever deathmatch tournament. And I would love to be able to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but politics is kind of in the way. Yeah. I mean, every uh, place, every territory has their own politics. Exactly. It's fine. Uh, everyone will always figure out a way to bury the hatchet. And everyone's still cool. And I, But I would definitely love, like, um, higher pro wrestling, I would love to work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, any of their dates, if they ever need a referee. Mm-hmm. If any of those guys, Chewy, Ray, Jerry, hear this and... Mm-hmm. They need a ref. I'm the guy. Yeah. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, my bookings are pretty solid. Um, I work graveyards, so I kind of have to slow down on the shows a little bit. Yeah. Just because the fact that the shows end kind of late, and I'm still a stagehand. Um, I started off as a stagehand, and I will always still be a stagehand. You can't not be. So um, I'm the person. <clears throat> I'm the main person that sets up the ring, along with three others at Primos. Um, and we're also the same four that tear it down. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, I think if somebody, you asked earlier if I wanted to give somebody advice about being a ref, learn how to put the ring together. Start from there because once you get the feel of that ring, everything else will come easy. Like I can literally put any, I can put any ring together. It doesn't matter if it's a different setup. They're all pretty similar. Um, and it all takes pretty common sense. Um, do, you do. Prefer, do you prefer ropes or uh, or the uh, steel? 
Oh, ropes or cables? Um, yeah, cables. So I honestly, I've only had the pleasure of dealing with ropes once, and that was the one time I worked a new era show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't get to hit them because they didn't know. They don't know me very well, so they yeah. didn't let me mess around in the ring. Um, so I'd have to go with cables just because the fact that that's what I'm used to. Um, I have a feeling that if I hit the ropes, it'd probably do more damage to me. Mm. Um, but have you have you ever ran ropes? No, um, but I understand that it's the son of a bitch. <laughs> it's one of the most painful things in the industry to do. Okay. Because uh, if you do it wrong, you can dislocate a shoulder. Or a rib <laughs> you pop a rib you um god there was a video that delta jr just posted um at a lucha show where a guy did a handspring into the ropes and the top rope snapped oh he literally did the handspring and as his legs hit it the rope snapped the turnbuckle just popped and he went tumbling out of the ring he was hurt he could walk away but he was hurt from it mm-hmm. but um hurt or injured i he was Big difference. See, I have a hard time telling the difference. See, hurt, hurt something you can come back from pretty quickly. Injured is something you got to take a break from, I guess. Um, I'd so I'd say hurt, because um, he wrestled a couple days later. Mm-hmm. But half of these luchas do. Yeah, they have to. So they don't. Um, but those are my favorite matches to ref. By the way, lucha matches, just because there's no rules. <laughs> Anything else you want anyone else to know about you? Um, other than the fact that uh, I appreciate a lot of the people that throw my name out, mm-hmm. um, I've I've heard some people say that I'm one of the best refs in Colorado. Um, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, right? But I appreciate that more than anything, mm-hmm. and I will do whatever it takes to prove that I'm one of the best, despite politics. Yeah, um, I'm willing to work with whoever, whenever, um, as long as it's given. How do we book you? Uh, you can go to my Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, my talent page is referee Jack Napier mm-hmm. on Facebook. You can message me there, or you can just go to Jack Napier's Facebook, which is my personal account, and you can message me there. Thanks for adding um, me on that. Of course, uh, I appreciate you getting back to me on that, mm-hmm. um, and also having me on the show. Yeah, um, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, it's all about the art form, and you're just as an integral part as the as the boys or commentators or. It, it's it's essential, and I want I I consider it an art form, like a like a fine art form, not just arts and crafts, popsicle sticks. No, this is a fine art form to me, and I want people to understand it. And without people like you um, telling us this sort of things, some people aren't simply going to know because they just want to see someone get hit in the head with a chair. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's something I look forward to all the time. Uh, every time is catching somebody. That's why I'm looking forward to the fifteenth, the death match. Yeah. And I'll see you on I'll see you on Friday, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll exchange some chair shots, brother. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Um, I got a long night. I'm iron, I think I'm iron roughing it that night. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but I appreciate you having me on the show. I appreciate you having me, man. man. Uh, guys, uh, Jack Napier. Yes, sir. Look him up. This is dangerous. Over and out. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs>